Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Tonight, Panorama focuses on the terrace gangs who follow one small second division club, Millwall, in London's Dockland. And that is involved, including in our film, language you don't usually hear on television. Ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey, this is Achtun Millwall. Hello, good afternoon and welcome ladies and gentlemen around the globe. Welcome to the Den, South Bermondsey on a cloudy autumnal summer's afternoon, I suppose you call it. Sun just fading away beneath the white clouds of South East London. Welcome to the show. My name, of course, is Nick Hart, and you are listening, as you well know, to Acton Mill 55, Mill versus South End this afternoon. Lions coming into the game on the back of three wins. Three wins on the spin. How long since we've had that? Johnston's paint trophy win, 1-0 over Peterborough. A win up at Crewe last Saturday and then a fantastic midweek win up at Paul Vale. Really produced a buzz around the place. It's good to be able to report some good news for a change at the den. So expectations will be higher going into today's game. I'm just looking at the today's team. It's unchanged. Another good sign, of course. In goal is Jordan Archer. Then we've got Carlos Edwards, a return of King Carlos. Webster, who apparently played well up in, in midweek, so I won't say any more than that. Welcome back to Byron. Mark Beavers and Tony Craig in, on the left side of defence. Midfield is Fred, Jimmy Abdu, Sean Williams and Ed Apson. Up front, Steve Morrison and the goal hat-trick hero last week, Aidan O'Brien. So, a good-looking middle line-up there. Up against South End, a team that's in the bottom four at the moment. They've had a, an uncertain start to the season, probably as uncertain as we did up until that win at Croydon, at Crewe last week. Um, a loss last week to Shrewsbury at home, which was um, slightly put, the, put them on the back foot. Other than that, there's a win vs Peterborough. A decent draw up at Coventry, I'm seeing here on, the, on their list of results too. But one win, um, three, de- three draws and um, three defeats for the, the Shrimpers from South End. Today's game's going to be preceded by a minute's applause for George Fisher, the old Millwall FA Cup World Cup final player. And also um, some sailors from the local HMS Collingwood. Um, in, in respect of a first world war hero, Albert Mackenzie Victoria Cross, who won his VC at the Raiden Zibruga in 1918, towards the very end of the First World War. Um, they're doing a, a, a collection and a ceremony to mark uh, the opening of a statue in his honour on Southwark Bridge Road, apparently. Um, fantastic gesture by the club. We do do these things very, very well. He's on the, the official Twitter account. So the is vindictive with a fantastic name for an ocean-going vessel, HMS Vindictive. And that brave man's cell with the, the Royal Navy at the Raiden Zibruga, the early amphibious operation, I believe, and he sadly lost his life to the flu epidemic of 1918, having sustained uh, very hard, um, very bad wounds in that operation. So, um, huge respect to Albert McKenzie, VC. Like I say, a good vibe around the den. You can hear it, can't you? Well, the crowd is probably about 8,000 or so, I reckon, today. Speaking on the official site and indeed to the news at Den in the week, Neil Harris has praised Mill fans for their phenomenal support, he put, as he puts it. Um, the, the fans really need to get behind the club today. We have a monkey on our back, listeners, don't we? We have a monkey on our back. I was listening to the old blues song, Nobody's Fault But Mine, on the way over. I was playing the blues. Nobody's Fault But Ours, that we can't win at home, away from home. 
Well, we're Salma Hayek dancing in some Cuban club with a cobra draped around us, aren't we? At home, Wayneta Slob stretched out on a threadbare settee having her fag. Albert McKenzie, VC. Be quiet for this. Silence, but a minute's applause. It was also a minute's applause for George Fisher, um, George's Mill shirt from the final. 1945 Cup final was being displayed by a couple of young naval cadets in the middle, as well as a memorial, of course, for Albert McKenzie VC. So, uh, excuse my um, errors there. Away we go. Lions are second. The uh, the away end, South End, wearing a, a luminous lime green, all lime green number. It's um, it's quite something to see. Um, certainly makes you stand out, that's for sure. Good if you're working on the railways, I would guess. Mill in their traditional blue and white, as you know. Don't need me to tell you that, do you? Goalkeepers in an equally luminous orange uh, turnout. Also used on, on railway. They must have a, a job lot off the railway, the London Tilbury South End Railway or something. They've made it good use of and turned into football kits. Well played South End for the economic use of old railway luminous gear. Here's Aidan O'Brien on the attack, coming down the right-hand side. He's got Fred inside of him. Uh, he cuts it back to Sean Williams. Through ball to Steve Morrison. He checks back to Aidan O'Brien on the edge of the penalty area. He's got luminous shirts in front of him. Can't get a shot away. Aidan's still got it. it. He scuffs it. He scuffs it. Goalkeeper picks up quite easily. One minute gone. First chance of Schultz for the Lions. So welcome back to the show list. There was a little hiatus last weekend. I was away. Went away on a long weekend to Menorca with a few of the chaps for a, a chaps weekend, you know, which involved obviously sporting pursuits of, of, of this certain descriptions and then consumption of large quantities of red wine, in my case, Rioja wine, which I've discovered it gives you the secret to immortality. I will now never die as a result of that consumption of bottle after, after bottle of Rioja red wine. Here comes Fred. Down left hand side. I will live to see Mill play in the European Cup final just by dint of being immortal. Here's Sean Williams from distance. He gets his shot gets blocked. Yeah, so big thanks to Don Faustino, to Campo Viejo, uh, Walter. Walter apparently is a secret of long life as well. Which I, it's, it's a bit disgraceful to get to the age of 55 nearly and discover if you drink water, you don't feel half as shitty as if you don't drink any water with your alcohol. But anyway, there it is. So yeah, secret of immortality, listeners. Get stuck across Campo Viejo. Come the lines. Nice chest down to Aiden O'Brien. Taken down from behind. Referee says he got the ball to the chagrin of the Millwall crowd. So you can hear it. You can guess the quality of that decision according to the uh, neutral and unbiased Mill crowd. Five minutes, Mill started brightly. Actually, been quite an entertaining start to the game by both sides, in all fairness. Long ball forwards by the uh, south end right-sided midfielder there, the 18. Ball out wide to the south end, seven. Mill fans are pleading for handball behind the cold blow lane ends. Now it's the eight. And they're playing it around a little bit here. But as Neil Harris said before the start of the game, um, there will be periods where the opposition get the ball and retain it. This is where patience, that valuable commodity, shot wide there from South End, six minutes. That most valuable commodity is at the den, patience, very rarely seen. If you ever discover any, we need to mine it, we need to frack it out of the ground. Patience, we need to find a seam of patience underneath the den. It's good to see Carlos Edwards back in the middle shirt, listeners. Brings a real calmness to that right side of, uh, of defence. And he picks his passes. The man is a, a medical wonder. 350 years old and he's still playing football. We're not getting them winning on retaining possession. Aidan O'Brien does. Coming back, he finds Craig who's going to go punt it down the line. He does, but straight to South End. Neil was certainly uh, correct with prophecy of lots of possession for the opposition. South End knocking it around like, a, like an Essex version of Barcelona. There's a sound that's not been heard for a while with them listeners. A wall of sounds. Nice flick on by Morrison. He finds Aidan O'Brien. Can't work his way through the three defenders in front of him. Unlucky, as the man said behind me. Unlucky Aidan. Byron. 
in central defence. He's beaten quite easily. Mugged off, I would think that would be called cool, on the street. Mugged off by the 23. It's equally bigger bloke. Mill can see the free kick just outside the left side of the Mill penalty area. I'm told Byron Webster played well at Paul Vale. And I'm hoping that will carry on here today. As, as all of you listeners will know, I've not been best impressed with, with Byron, but um, I'm always open to, you know, have an open mind. I, I would consider all viewpoints. Left, right, centre. I'll think about them all. I'm an open-minded guy. But Byron Webster, I'm not convinced so far. Another long pump into the box. Jordan Archer takes. Jordan Archer, I very much am convinced by. I think he's been a real benefit in goal. And the taking away of David Falls as a wobbly factor for us has been instrumental in our improved form of late. Here's Jimmy Eckle, wins the ball well, midfield, on the attack, just outside the south from Pembroke. There's a nice cross, setting on goal by Aidan O'Brien, taken neatly enough by the orange tag goalkeeper on 17 minutes. Nice move, Millwall. Beautiful, calm work in defence. He was out by Carlos Edwards, he was under harassment there. Some crunching tackles coming in midfield, the referee's letting a lot go. Southend back on the attack. They've had a lot of possession in this half to no great avail. They've not actually worked any clear-cut chances, but as said, they've had, I'm guessing, 60-40 of the possession so far as we approach the 18th minute of the game. This Fred, though, coming down the right-hand side. He's got four luminous defenders in front of him. He's taken on his man, nearly beats him. Overruns it slightly. Still got a ball. Still got a ball. Fred. Over on the right side. No support. No one with him. Fred, you're going to have to do it on your own, son. He wins a corner. That boy has got the X-Factor, listeners. He had no support there. No one was running up, no one behind him. He had four defenders in front of him. Somehow he's won a corner out of that situation. Floats it in near post. Morrison, oh, from where I was sitting, that night gone straight into the net. It hit the side netting. 20 minutes gone. What can we say? When we will come forwards, we look dangerous. That said, Southend have had the bulk of the possession so far. We look to hit them on the break. Um, away tactics at home? I don't know, but... Um, if it's effective, that's all I care about. So far, so good, Mill. Nil-nil as we come to the 21st minute of the match. Um, what you've got to say so far about the opposition is I, th I think they're defensively well organised. They're, they're passing the ball quite well, um, holding it up and passing it around. They haven't really won any clear-cut chances as yet. And we were sitting back off of them and um, waiting for them to almost make the error as they're coming forwards. But that said, at this level and, and given the resources I dare say Brownie's got, they don't look too bad a footballing side, but that said, they're in the, uh, the bottom four at the moment, so I dare say a goal scorer wouldn't go and miss, but then that would be for the 24 teams in League One, wouldn't it? Here come the Lions, can Craig get it? He can, he, he can't, he keeps it in, just given out. That weren't out, he kept it in. Unjust on Tony Craig there, but there we go. Craig on the ball now, back from Ed Upson. Upson now. Trying to lift it through to Fred, just trying to unpick this defence, unpick the lock. Like a decent locksmith can force a yell lock. Have you ever seen that happen, listeners? It's dead easy once you know what you're doing. That's what we we're trying to do. We just don't quite have the uh, tools for the trade. Here comes Fred on your den, right? To the penalty area. He puts it inside just too casually for Aiden O'Brien there. Mill trying to play the ball around. Here comes up. Upson's clattering behind, concedes a free kick. Pips to done like that. Hips is, oh no, Hips is having to go his own man, the seven. He thinks he should have been back there covering up there. As it is, it's a middle free kick from, what's that, 23, 23, 22 yards, something like that. 31 minutes gone. For all his promise, Fred, Fred shows huge amounts. He's just got to learn that he can't be, you can't always rely on your innate skill. Sometimes you've got to put, put the, um, the work part in. Some of his passes today have been just that little touch sloppy. And that was, I mean, we've won the free kick, so we have advantage out of it. But he should have done better to find Aidan O'Brien whilst the move was in flow there. I would be picking him up on that if I was Neil Harris at training on Monday morning. Sean Williams going to take from about 23 yards, just on the left side of the south end penalty area. Here he goes, he lines up, he's going to shoot. He shoots this way, way, way over the bar. Here's Aidan O'Brien. Through ball from Steve Morrison, shot blocked by the orange goalkeeper there. 33 minutes. Good opportunity for Aidan O'Brien there. Uh, well saved by the, by the South End goalkeeper, in all fairness. Another long ball forwards from South End, trying to find there's number seven on the right hand side. He floats it in. It's a goal. A goal. 1 0 with South End, 36 minutes. 
more casual in defence. Long ball falls from the seven. He pops a little cross in, and the forward, I don't know which one it was, nods it in from close range. Um, kind of bobbling downwards, um, header. Goes in off the far post. Nil, nil, South M1, 37 minutes. South End taking an eternity to reform, ready for kickoff. A goal behind, undeservedly. Well, if you don't take your chances when you're going forwards and you concede that amount of possession to the opposition, you're probably going to concede a goal at some stage. I think we are just sitting off them a little bit too much and um, allowing them to come on to us. As it is, we are now chasing a game, 1 0 down. South End back on the attack again now, 39 minutes. We were just looking a little bit rattled by that goal. It wasn't in the script, I don't think. Today was supposed to be the day that we finally got this uh, home monkey off of our back. And as it is, the monkey's got a bit heavier still. Here comes Carlos Edwards down the right-hand side. Can he get across? And he finds Jimmy Addo. If also Aiden O'Brien blasts it over from the edge of the penalty area. He had to blast it, so he couldn't get an awful lot of accuracy on it, but it was a nice move, as it was. When we get Carlos down the right-hand side, we do look a dangerous side. Haven't been doing that enough in this half for me. There's the half-time whistle. 0-0, South End 1. Um, what can we say about that? We've, we've conceded a huge amount of possession time to South End. It was slightly predicted by Neil Harris in his pre-match comments, saying that you know, there will be periods where the opposition have the ball. We certainly give them the ball a lot. The goal to concede was a sloppy one, if in all honesty. Um, basic punt forwards from memory. I think it was the seven guy, a little near post uh, glancing. Uh, the, the, the number seven guy near post cross in, and the uh, striker glanced it in on the far post. So slightly sloppy in the circumstances, but nevertheless, Southend will go into the half quite well pleased with themselves, having won that uh, single goal lead. They don't look like a bad side possession-wise. They don't look particularly dangerous, which adds to the sloppiness of the Mill concession all the more. So anyway, the half-time, um, what can we say? I, I'm not sure about Tony Craig as the left-sided defender. He looks a little bit... Um, neither, neither gives us much in the way of uh, attacking Verve, nor does he look particularly comfortable in defence, in all honesty. Byron Webster's not done too bad. Who about over-impressing me? Um, Carlos Edwards always impresses me. Uh, midfield, Fred has been a little self-indulgent at times. He's, he's clearly being doubled up and trebled up by the opposition, so he's seen as the danger man. We've had our moments, we've had our opportunities, but we need to start taking them. So there we are, half-time, nil-nil, South End 1. Achtung, Milbal. Got a few half-time tweets here whilst the all bracing is taking place. Mark Litchfield says it's hard to criticise that first half, apart from a lack of punch in the final third. Beavers and Webster, yes really, he says, are solid and the team are playing well. Lions Bite says the same old, same old Millwall, so probably not so convinced that we're doing well there. By Lions Bites with a, with a Y, not an I. The new shop of sports says half-time Millwall nil, South in one, same old, same old. Millwall start well, but fall behind before the break. Um, true, I can't argue with that. The man at block 11 says he's, he's intrigued by the Glen Gibbard Transport National and International Logistics advert on the West End. I can't see that one, because I'm in it. He says it sounds made up, like Euroferries. Maybe that's the new way to get sponsorship now, make up companies. Nick Hart Global International Conglomerate. That sounds good. I might put that together and see if I can't get an advert on the wall of the wall. Nick Hart International Conglomerate Global Facilities Limited, PLC. Inc. Mark Litchfield says one thing he will say is that we need to lighten the load on Fred. We're still too reliant on him, crying out for a left winger. Well, we do have a left winger on the bench. His name is Shane Ferguson. Uh, I'm not best uh, convinced by Tony Craig in the left side roles, I've said already. Um, I think if we can bring Ferguson into the game, get forwards more, get at them, then we could at least get uh, something out of this game. And we'll be talking to uh, this chap later, Jamie, from the South End All at Sea fanzine. He says it's half-time, 1-0 to us, meaning South End. We've stolen the lead a little bit, but been pretty solid. I'd agree with that. I think South End did nick the lead, but that said, they've looked quite organised and they've kept the ball and passed it well. As, as I said during the live piece, um, we've got to find a way to break that down if we're going to get anything out of this game, that's for sure. Achtung, Milbal. Second half's underway, listeners. South End now attacking the away end. Millwall going towards the Colblow Lane end. South End free kick on 49 minutes over on the left-hand side, about halfway inside the mill half. They're going to punt it through. Um, number nine, retain possession. They're going to cross it now into the mill box. It's a heading goal. It's 2-0. Another basic cross headed home. 
from close range, 2-0. We're up against it, listeners. 49 minutes, that's a nicely worked goal. Goal store stayed on the floor. I don't know what he's saying, is it cramp or something? This game still hasn't restarted, incredibly. The size of the trainers got out there, made our fat fitness coach last year. Okay, it's from the slimsier world of slimming loss. This bloke really has got some arrows on him. He's going to have to try and get him back. I bet he does get up okay. What do you think, listeners? I bet he does. Until he's a well-qualified medical practitioner, he's just moving his knee backwards and forwards. It looks like he's having a wank now. I don't think he is. Anyway, we've got two goals to get back. South End strikers actually left the game. They've just substituted him. Must have been injured. All those things I said about him as well. Oh, well. Ball forwards. 23 goes tumbling, looking for a penalty. Referee to his credit gives nothing now. I've seen those given, listeners, haven't you? I have. Pros the 60th minute of the game. Mill nil, South End 2 as we speak. Um, Mill haven't really... They've handled the second half quite naively. South End got that second chance. It was a, a, a poor goal to concede again by Mill. Well worked from their perspective, I guess. Um, but we haven't really worked anything clear-cut in the whole game. And that is where we're falling behind here, listeners. We can't say the crowd aren't getting behind the Lions today, listeners. 2-0 down, there's still Rory on the Lions. Now the goalkeeper's gone down injured. There's a lot of um, professionalism, as you might expect. I mean, Phil Brown's an old, old campaigner. He's done the whole Premier League thing. He probably wasn't good enough for the Premier League. He's more than good enough for League Two where he was last season and League One this season. Good manager for Southend, I would say. Even if he is a cartoon figure with orange skin and spent too many times under the sunbed or whatever he does with himself, I don't know. Are we going to take these subs? We are. So in comes... Paris Cowan Hall's coming in. Fred's coming out of the game on uh, 67, 68 minutes. Look Fred's best performance today. He's had to still show his moments of quality and class. He's been a little bit self-indulgent. And he's still only 19. He does show that sometimes. So in comes Paris. He's floated in. Webster hits him in the face. Where he wanted a glancing header. Pelé style into the net. Hit him in the face and went off. Slapstick style for a goal kick for South Ends. Shane Ferguson comes in, Beavers comes out. I'm guessing that means Craig into the central defence. I would have taken Craig out, but he seems to be untouchable. Beavers has done nothing wrong today for me, and that's hard on, on Mark Beavers. There we are, that's what Neil Harris is paid to, to, to decide. But Craig comes across centre, and Shane Ferguson has on the left side of defence. Aiden O'Brien inside of the southern penalty area, cuts it back behind the Mill player there. Brilliantly won by Sean Williams there, retains possession well. Mill still on the attack, that was a, a good shot by Steve Morrison, a little glancing kind of uh, save from the, the south end goalkeeper, and Aiden O'Brien couldn't work any kind of rebound opportunity there. Ball is bobbling around there, they look a little bit uncomfortable suddenly. But as ever, we have to get two goals behind before we start making the opposition look a little bit uncomfortable. Why is that, listeners? Why is that? 16 minutes left in a match. We'll have looked um, more purposeful, uh, having gone two goals behind, um, without ever really looking dangerous. Uh, what can we say about this, this this performance? It's been a typical home performance, I suppose, so far. We've st still got 15 minutes to go in the game, still got time to cause something out of it. But at the moment, it don't look like we're going to get anything out of this game yet again. The fat South End trainer is exposed to the full ridicule of the middle crowd as he tries to run, but merely waddles at a very, very quick pace across the pitch to the uh, fallen South End player. They do seem to go down easily, as they say. Yet another Lions corner. We've had a huge amount of possession in the second half. I don't know what the corner count is, but we've certainly had the bulk of the second half possession in contrast to the first, but we've just not created anything cut and dried from it, listeners. And Parrish on the right-hand side. Nice cross. Nice beats his man well. Nice cross. Cut out of the near post. Nice little move there by Parrish Cowan Hall. First time we've seen him looking dangerous since he's come into the game. Two minutes of regular time to go, listeners. I think we've left it too late now, but we are at least pushing forwards and not giving up on this. Corner deep, taken ni nicely. The goalkeeper's done well for Southend today, I think. Um, he's not let anything drop inside the, the Southend penalty chair. We've put a lot of balls in across that Southend defence, and especially in the second half, and they've handled it quite well, in all fairness to them. We're all going to be disappointed with this result. As ever, we've got an infinite capacity to any good feeling, any good vibes coming down the Zampa Road earlier on. I was talking to a good friend of the show, Harry Brooks, saying how, you know, a couple of wins on the spin and suddenly we're all 
buzzing and the vibe is back. Well, Mill takes, you know, have got an infinite capacity to blow that good feeling. Here's Lee Gregory, dispossessed. Maybe that should be his new um, name. Change it by deed poll to Lee Gregory, dispossessed, hyphen dispossessed. The last few seconds of the game. The game's going to end with Southend on the attack. Um, largely it's been Mill pressing forwards in the second half. First half very much belonged to Southend, I felt. Second half very much belonged to Millwall in the sense that we've had much, much more possession. As we said a few times over the course of this live piece, we've not really converted any of those that possession into clear-cut chances, and that is to uh, discredit. That's why we're losing the game today. They've done well to get the second goal, get their noses in front. Fortunate with the first one, perhaps. They've nicked it in the first half. They've certainly worked well in the second half. Southend have looked a professional outfit. They've out slightly mugged us a little bit here today, I feel. Webster's gone down, clutching his leg. Crunching tackle there in midfield. Webster's gone down. That's the end of the game. Nil two. Got my eyes on, on Webster. He doesn't look well at all. He's rolling around in agony. The stretcher's going out of the bar on Webster. He don't look right one little bit. I know I've slagged the man. I've knocked him, but I don't want to see that. He looks like he's done something bad to his leg or knee of some sort. There we are, listeners. We've said it all. The monkey continues to live on our back. We're going to be back after these messages. Achtung, Mailball. All right, big welcome on the show now to Jamie of All at Sea. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. FN fanzine. Welcome to the show, Jamie. You must be in a good mood, mate. Yeah, in a pretty good mood, yeah. Not too bad. Still in London Bridge. So it's obviously been a good day. Well, I hope you're enjoying a drink or two there, mate. Um, I thought that was a fair, I thought that was a fairly good performance by Southend today. I, I was quite impressed by you. Yeah, we are. Um, we're, we're a nutritional side. We're an away team. Um, that has basically been the case under Phil Brown for the last three years. So um, um, we will frustrate teams um, when they're at home, and uh, we will possibly get the old goal on the break. But as you can imagine, it's not much fun when we're at home. No, um, Bob. That wasn't the case today. So uh, yeah, it was. A, it was a, I thought it was a really professional performance today. Actually, I thought. I thought I, really I, yeah, I thought you looked very organised. It, it, it's it's odd because um, in a similar way from what you've just said there, we struggle at home. It sounds like you're struggling at home, but you're looking better away from home, away from Rootsall. So. Yeah, I mean, we, I don't know really what it is, but we we obviously just um, we we tend to soak up things quite well. We've got we. Phil Brown is always a kind of manager you like to um, you like to soak things up. And, yeah. Um, yeah. We, I thought I thought Millwall, to be honest, uh, fell into a little bit of a trap today. Um, in that we weren't really um, troubled at all. No. Um, I didn't think. I thought... they, they came down. They came down the wings, and we're quite comfortable with that. And, it, and you took Omnia Dimner off. And that was the worst thing you could have done. Did you think so? I, I thought he was quite ineffective today. Uh, I, I do agree that we fell into a trap, and I was, I'm interested in that point, because what struck me, and you might tell me different, having Phil Brown week in, week out, 
But the difference between the two sides was you have a, an experienced ex-Premier League manager and we've got um, a, a player still learning his trade somewhat. And I just thought we did fall into a trap, one set very well by Phil Brown. I thought we just fell into it lock, stock and barrel. Well, that's funny you say that, actually, because I actually don't think Phil Brown is um, is as good as you, 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 you mentioned there. I think he's, he's a very frustrating manager for us. Yeah. He's, um, he's incredibly defensive. Um, he's incredibly negative. It, it, it's been a real hard. I mean, you, you might have noticed our crowds have dropped yeah, really quite quickly. Yeah. Ever since, even when we've come up, um, you know, we've we've got the lowest crowd we've got in something like three or four years last week. Uh, even though we've gone up a league, yeah, it's, it's, it's started to really, you know, really annoy our home fans. So away from home is a different story. He does know how to set up. He does know how to frustrate teams. He does know how to nullify the key players. Um, the opposition side and um, and that's what and he actually did work out quite well for us today yeah um, first 20 minutes I just feel, I thought Omir Dimba was your best player and uh, you took him off and I just he was the only one who I thought might run at us might cause us problems obviously the, one of the players I thought might be a threat but he didn't really emerge as a threat no I, I think it, you know it comes back to the organisational things we were just talking about I mean what struck me is we, we had um in the first half, Southend had a lot of possession. Um, we, we seemed to sit back a little bit. You seemed to be passing the ball around at, at will pretty much. Second half, different story. We came at you more. But as you say, it was just soaked up, wave after wave of pressure. Once we went 2-0 down there, Jamie, I thought we, we, were, we were dead meat then at that point. Yeah, I mean, I was sitting in the away and expecting you to come at us a lot more than you actually did. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm a pessimist. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm a South End fan. Of course, of course. So, so I was obviously expecting, uh, when we went 2-0 up, uh, I was amazed. And then I was kind of thinking, well, when's it going to happen? When's the Millwall, um, when's the Millwall counter-attack going to happen? Yeah, and uh, yeah. it never really emerged. And uh, I, I just think um, we set up in a certain way today, which was we brought in Gary Deegan, who is a very uh, attritional player. Yeah. He possibly should have been sent off for his tackle he was he was booked but um, uh, he, he could easily have seen red on another day um, he's, he's he's one of those players um, he, he seemed to intimidate some of your players a little bit I don't know um, it's, um, let, listen you know the New Zealand is a fantastic atmosphere to play football in I'd imagine um, but it can work against you as well yeah oh, very much yeah very much so um, you, you, t- you seem to turn it obviously you've had a poor start to the season at home you, you, you seem to turn against your team a little bit um, yeah I, I just thought um, I didn't think your your support your support I, I've been to Millwall about two or three times um, your support has always been excellent um, it's it's a, a jealous thing of most other clubs I think because you're intimidating for most clubs and it didn't happen today I don't think I just think you turned against your own side too too quickly I, I, I thought your goalkeeper was a different level uh, is it Bentley you have in goal I thought he, uh, he yeah, Daniel Bentley yeah. Daniel yeah. Bentley Di- different level yeah. um, I thought he was a difference he made a couple of quality saves in that second half where if we'd have got one goal and a foothold back we might have come on a little bit more but he kept you in it I thought absolutely I mean uh, and, and I, I, I felt the same I and mean, if if we'd have conceded a goal, maybe 70, you know, 65, 70 minutes, if, it, if we'd have conceded a goal then, then it would have been a completely different story because that changes the game, doesn't yeah. it? Psychologically, you, you, you're, you're on the back foot and it didn't happen. Um, I was expecting it to happen. It didn't happen. Um, and Bentley's always been that kind of player. You know, he's a fantastic goalkeeper. We, we won't have him forever. We won't have him beyond January. No, no, no. I, I doubt it, mate. He looked good. He looked good today. Um, one other question I've got for you, James, on a wider level than today's match. Um, Roots Hall, one of my favourite grounds to visit. Um, there plans for Southend to move away. Is it Fawcett's Farm? Is that, is, that a, is that a go of that scheme? Oh, it's been going on for about 10 years, to be honest. Right, and, OK. Um, like our regeneration around our ground then, the same kind of deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the plans are we move to a new stadium, and that's been going on since about 2005. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I see what you mean about Rootsall. I love Rootsall. I think Rootsall is um, it's just a fantastic place to watch football. and uh, Old school football stadium, yeah, yeah, I agree. And, you know, I know that Millwall fans will, will appreciate um, will appreciate that because it's a character place. Um, you're very close to the pitch. You can shout what you like at the opposition players. Yeah. 
uh, all that kind of stuff. And you won't get that in an out-of-town um, stadium. We, but, you know, we need it to go forward. Southend is um, a big town. 200,000 people live there. Uh, there's 750,000 people within a 20-minute drive. And um, we have never filled our potential. No, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that, Jamie. That's that's, that's very the nearest, true. The nearest club is, is 35 miles away. Yeah. You know, and so and so we, uh, I, I think something like we're the second biggest club never to have been in the top top division. Yeah. Behind Timber. Yeah. Amazing. So amazing. Yeah. That, yeah. It's time that we we moved on. But. Roots always a great place to watch football. I do agree with you with that one. Agree there, mate. Listen, I'm going to let you get back in the pub. Um, enjoy your beer tonight, mate. Um, congratulations. Choking on our, on our, on that phrase there. But um, really appreciate you coming on the show, Jamie. Many thanks, mate. Uh, thanks, thanks very much for having me. Cheers, speak, speak to you again soon, mate. Take care. Achtung. All right, next up on Achtung Millwall, it's a massive welcome back to one of our regular voices and guests. It's Mickey Simpson from the Association of Mill Supporters. Mick, welcome back to the show. How are you doing, mate? Afternoon, Nick. Very kind of you to um, let me come on your show, talk about the uh, AMS charity cruise. Yeah, I've been reading about this online, mate. Now, this is um, a charity event, as you just said. And I took part, of course, in the boat trip down to Brentford. It was a fantastically organised event. Um, this is for charity. Um, who have you got lined up on the night, Mick? It's going to be a big night, I understand. Yeah, it's. Um, we basically decided to get the boat, um, the Hurlingham again. So it's the same boat. Um, the Hurlingham's given us the services for free. And uh, we're going to put on a, a benefit night uh, to benefit charities uh with a Millwall connection or close to Millwall fans hearts so Toby um the Heart Foundation we're gonna help support that Jimmy of course um we're looking at a, a few local cancer charities um what possibly support families at home and obviously look at some other um causes what could do with a a, a little Bit of a handout. That's a fantastic gesture by the Hurlingham there, Mick. No, courtesy of uh, the Hurlingham. They're uh, loaning us their boat for the night, so that's kind. And uh, um, so, yeah, the more we raise, uh, the more people we can help. That's fantastic. Great choices there, Mick. It's one of the things that's really struck me how the big charities obviously have the marketing and the publicity, but a lot of these are small charities you're talking about there, Mick, and they really do need every penny they can get in this current environment. So fantastic choices, I've got to say. Now, when when and how can people support your charity night? It's on uh, Friday the 2nd of October at 8 till 12. No doubt people will probably meet in the uh, Weatherspoons at Greenwich um, beforehand. I have no doubt of that at all, Mick. And then board the boat by quarter to eight. Uh, £25 is a ticket, and that would get you two hours of comedy, two hours of music, and then we get dropped back uh, at midnight. And uh, and I think that would be a, a great night. Agree with you there, mate. You've got some comedians too, I understand, some mill-supporting comedians. The comedians are... There's uh, Lenny Sherman off Vine, who's a Millwall fan. Um, there's Del Strain, Josh James, Donald Mack, and uh, and a few others which are, are going to be announced shortly. Uh, we've got someone who's won the King of Puns this year as well. So, yeah, we've got, a, a, I think, some good comedians um, who can take potentially the Millwall crowd. be crucial, isn't it? The Millwall crowd's humour is going to be... Uh, handling that is going to be part of the act, mate, isn't it? So, all in all, I think it's... Um, it's going to be a good night. Fantastic. Now, how can people get hold of these tickets again, Mick? This time, we've gone online with a ticket agent, uh, Eventbrite, and you can buy tickets through them. Uh, we will be selling tickets potentially before and possibly on the night, depending on the uh, on the levels left. But again, just uh, follow our Twitter account or the website, and details will be on there. That's brilliant, Mickey. Thank you very much for coming on the show. All the best to you for the night, and all the best to you to the AMS as well for what you're trying to do. I do. I know that um, you get a bit of a knocking out there sometimes, but I think it's unjustified. I think what you're doing is spot on, mate. Well done to you, and well done to everyone involved. Thanks for coming on the show, Mick. No worries. Thanks very much, Nick. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Achtung. All right, big welcome again in the same circumstances again to Harry Warren. Thanks for coming back on the show, Harry. 
You're welcome, Nick. I think we're getting to be bad luck, you and me, mate, aren't we? Every yeah. Kim recount, I think it's me, actually. I'm starting to think I'm some kind of ancient mariner curse on the club, you know. Maybe I should stop going. Yeah, I, th- I think they're going to put it out on both of us. <laughs> <laughs> we're, the, we're not long for this world. Like the song says, this could be the last one we do. We might not last it. Oh, dear, what did you make of today's game? I... I I'm trying to think of new stuff to say. We we're just talking off air, weren't we? And um, it's hard to come up with new things. It seems to be the same kind of groundhog day over and over at the moment. No, no new elements to include in in, in the show. Yeah, I, I suppose there's a new element today. Williams played well. That's that's a new. That's element new. Season. Um, Fred was awful. Edwards was... Edwards stood out. I thought I thought he did um, he did very very well for us today. Such as you can pick out any. Any bright spots? Um, I was just talking just before you and me came on on the show. Now I was just talking to a South End fan, and it was interesting that um, to get the other side's viewpoint on today because I thought they were very well organised as a defensive unit. I, I, I thought we struggled to break them down. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Um, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> we just—it's <laughs> got to be something coming. I don't know. I, I'll be honest, I haven't been away this season, so I don't know how they set up. But if we set up playing four-three-three away from home and it's working, maybe we've got to play that way at the den. You know, can't a punch against sides if that's what we're doing away from home? Because well, we you know, of... as soon as as soon as one went, I know it don't suit Millwall and it don't suit the crowd, but we're quite—you know—we're quiet anyway at the moment because we know as soon as one goes in, that's game over because we don't ever look like scoring a goal to get back into it. No, I mean, I, I found it quite interesting because I, I thought we did set up a little bit in a, in a, an away manner at the start of the game. The first, until that goal went in, which is, what, 37 minutes when Mooney scored for, for South End, um, we were con- a huge amount of possession, it struck me, from where I was hitting. They seemed to have a lot of the football um, while sat behind them and kind of hit them on the break a little bit. And it it wasn't effective, but it wasn't ineffective. It was keeping us in, in the game at nil-nil. But you're right, as soon as they took their chance, that was like the first real open chance of the game, we're on the back foot immediately and we, we, we don't know how to unpick the lock from there. We don't know how to unpick a defence, do we? No, we miss we miss a creative player, I think. That's, that's, whether he be wide, whether it be in the centre, we just, uh, we go wide, we go, you know, the second half, they just were quite happy every time it went to Tony Craig. They're like, all oh, right, well, this will be a cross on the corner. And then we brought Ferguson on and it was exactly the same. You know, we, we kept lumping balls to Fred. Yeah. Did he, did he try? I don't know. I don't think he did. He didn't look interested. He looked a bit like Lee Martin did in the Chesterfield game in the first half, sort of away with the fairies kind of thing. I don't, I don't know what's happened to him. But uh, he, did, he didn't look all there, especially in the first half. I don't think there was one point. Edwards picked up the ball just on the halfway line, exactly in front of where I sit. Yeah. And and Ted passed him like as if it was watching you saying Bolt passed <laughs> that fence physio. <laughs> We just broke away. What a fat cunt that bloke was, wasn't he? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Where we had Lomas, looked like he was Miss Will. Jesus Christ! The the Harris on him. I mean, it's, it's totally nothing to do with the poor result, but the Harris on that bloke was something to behold. And in a sporting context, he had these thin lycra style shorts on with a, a backside that was uh, I, it was <laughs> it was huge, wasn't it? It was, it was immense. I, I've never seen anything quite like that on a, on a football field. But anyway, you can't be doing too badly because they they turned us over. Like uh, well, we were mugged. That was my impression. That's what I tweeted. I thought they mugged us today, made us look like um, schoolboys, really, up against the professional side that had some organisation. Yeah, I think so. I think Phil Brand gave them the game plan. Get there, get the crowd, quieten the crowd down. Fired the first twenty minutes, and and it's the same old story. It don't matter what kind of if we get sort of seasoned pro managers coming down there and sort of knowing how to play at the den, yeah. I mean, the referees don't help in this league. I mean, no, 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 day to no. day, we were diving on the floor like we were in the championship, like teams done to us last season. Yeah. So I suppose we've learned. The yeah. only problem is, is now we can't do that. <laughs> no, we're in the wrong league for that carry on, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, the point I'm, that struck me, and I made it earlier on in, in, uh, in, the, in the other piece I just did, um, it, it leaps out. I mean, is at the point you've just made there, experienced Football managers are coming down to them, setting their teams up, often with limited resources. I mean, South End aren't exactly rolling around in, in cash, but they seem to have sorted out, you know, a, a two banks of four, some quite awkward little sods out there. I mean, there was that hipsterish bloke with a beard. He was in people's faces and he was horrible. And I thought, that's what we need. We need that hipster bloke. Someone just to get in amongst it, mix it a little bit. We don't mix it very well, Harry. Whereas these other teams come down and... They understand you've got to physically impose yourself on the opposition. That's what they did to us today. 
Yeah, I think it's a bit of a Holloway hangover. That, yeah. Um, you know, we got we lost all the all the generals, shall we say, if you or the governors, as Michael Calvin calls them in the family book. You know, we've got we've got no governor. You, 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 the, Tony Craig ain't the governor. He's, no. he, he's more like a horrible little shit in the back left hand corner that sometimes can clatter someone and might get sort of three thousand people to give a cheer because he's hit someone and got sent off. Where Dunny would do that and he'd get coated. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. We just need. You know, we've always had someone there. I think I remember under um, not so much of Orrible, but just an experienced player. Jacket brought in Schofield the year we went up, and he he done really well for us. He sort of yeah. You know, we've, there's always a player that we have that we seem to find from somewhere that's just got got it. Whatever it is, they've got it, and we're we're lacking that one player, I suppose, that either helps us defensively or or else it's the crates ain't going forward kind of thing. I mean, even when Chesterfield played, the Sangel come on for 20 minutes. I thought it was an epiphany. I'd never seen it before. <laughs> I, I didn't think he actually existed, but he did. He, he came out, didn't he? He played. He does, he does exist. But no, you're right. I mean, Craig is I mean, it's one of the players I wanted to pick up on because um, just contrasting with that hipster player that they had for South End, he was doing, Hipster was doing everything that I would expect Tony Craig to have been doing, which is dominating, in just winding people up, but getting in their faces, doing the horrible stuff. And Craig just looks oh, bland. He's, he's, it's like he's out there, but he's not out there. You know, we, we, we're carrying a number of players like that. Upson today, I felt, was he was clearly on the pitch, but he wasn't doing anything. And then Gregory, another one, when he came into the game, he was out there in a, in a Millwall shirt, but not doing anything. Whereas South End just seemed to have players that were prepared to mix it. They had a big, tall, blonde forward who, again, was just giving our defence a hard time. And we don't have players like that, do we? No, we don't. I think that's. I think that's right. I think the the problem is is we we're very narrow. We play very narrow, even at home. I don't. We haven't really got any width for the club. I suppose is the only. You know, we've only got what yeah. we've got, and what we've got ain't very good. No. The ones that we, I think that's what we're finding out. I think that's the problem. You can you can coat it any way that you want. But no, it comes down to that. What we've got, if you've got, if, I feel like we're trying to make a Marks and Spencer's recipe with little little food. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. No, we're no. trying to play this lovely passing style of football, and you know we've got a couple of people that can pass the ball in the midfield, but we need. We need a Millwall player. We need a Terry Erlock. We yeah. need someone like that to crunch and get the fans going. Get Millwall. Get the Dem rocking. You know, yeah. it used to be horrible when I first started going down there. I've been going since I was seven. You know, you turn up even on a Tuesday night and other teams wouldn't fancy it. Now no. they go, oh yeah, that's lovely. We have a nice Saturday night day out in London. We'll nick three points and then we'll go on the piss. Yeah, no, I agree, agree entirely. It, it just really struck me, and I, I just made the point previously that Phil Brown, we've had Tony Mowbray come down, and even there's it Dean Saunders for Chesterfield. These are these are blokes that've been around the track a few times, managerially and on a playing level, and they just seem to have us worked out. And, and unfortunately, the, Harris is still learning his trade area, isn't he? So you know, he, I'm not I'm not particularly having a dig at him, but it's a consequence of naivety, I think. I mean. He took out um, Beavers uh, on 69 minutes to bring in Ferguson when Craig was, for me, having a mare, and he keeps having a mare, and yet he starts and he's club captain, so therefore he's untouchable. He can't come out of the game. Beavers had done nothing wrong, was very harshly treated there, I felt, because he'd done nothing wrong for me. Craig should have come off and Ferguson should have been in his place. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't know why, I suppose. He's, I think I've seen, I haven't really looked, I've come home and let me dinner before doing this, but I, I think he was saying that he might have made mistakes today, making changes or whatever. Yeah. It's fair enough. I mean, I suppose the only thing you could say is, of his mates that you've got there, I suppose the players he's played with, he's probably dropped the biggest one, which is Ford. So I don't think it's a, a case of being scared to drop, you know. Your no, no, players, no, no. I do think you're right. I do think he got it wrong and I don't, I don't know what Tony Craig's best position is because he's not very good at left back and he's not very good at centre half. Because when we moved him to centre half, he got—I don't know—I think they were two 0 up, but they must have been two 0 up at the time. They brought on a, a, a big centre forward. They kicked a long ball from their goalkeeper, who, by the way, was outstanding. He was quality. I was going to mention him, um, Bentley. Um, I thought he was a different gravy entirely. Kept them in the game because if we'd have nicked a goal, you know, from about the mid part of the second half onwards, we may well have pressed on and got us, you know got got ourselves back into the game, but. The goalkeeper, no, he was top quality, I felt, for South End. Um, 
Craig, no, he don't look comfortable at left back. In fact, he looks so uncomfortable. He reminds me of my old granddad when he used to have the pile. Have the piles. He'd be sitting from one cheek to the other all night, you know. And that's that's Tony Craig at left back for me. But when he came centre, I mean, I agree, he's not very good there, Harry. But he looks more settled there. He looks like at least he knows what he's supposed to be doing there. Yeah. So <laughs> that's not exactly a, a you know that's not that's a condemnatory statement in itself. I mean, I, I wouldn't have taken Beavers out. He didn't deserve it. Ferguson, when he came into the game, gave us a bit more width and got forwards a little bit more, and we just looked more natural. Uh, you know, we, we pressed towards the end of the second half without any great um, great effect, but we just looked a bit more natural going forwards. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, Webster then, just to compound your point, missed the free header. He did. He <laughs> did, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you would have put your money on Beavers to score, because he does score quite a few, really, from corners. So, yeah, it's, I, I mean, mean that just compound, that compounds your misery thinking. And then there was a slivering of hope that... Uh, Webster was injured on full time, but unfortunately he popped back up. So, um, yeah. There was a, that Webster chance, and I was sitting at the opposite end of the stadium, but from that distance, it gave me the impression he was going to try and header it, Pelé style, and the ball just seemed to hit him in the face. And, you know, it reminded me of when I was at Castle Coombe School at about seven, and I didn't like heading the ball, so I shut my eyes and I hit it on the top of my head and see where it went from there. It was that kind of chance, just went miles wide, and you think. Oh, it's, it's just not... I've slated him quite a bit, Webster, and I don't like to, because I don't like to knock down Millwall players, but I just don't see him as a... I don't see him as the... Whatever the question is, he's not a solution to it, is he? He's the, he's the question. <laughs> the answer is, why Webster? Why? <laughs> why? That's pretty much it. Fred stayed in the game too long. I mean, it was interesting, again, just talking to the South End support, I was just being speaking today, they saw Fred as their ma- our major threat, but I thought he had a quiet game by his stands. He's always a bit self-indulgent at times today as well. He made one or two passes, looked a little bit sloppy at times. He just needs to up his game a little bit for me, Fred, at the moment. I think he needs to be taken out, to be honest. I think he just looked out of confidence. I mean, the first half he was running... I sit that side and he was running. To be honest, if Edwards tells him to bomb on, bomb on, because yeah. Edwards don't give the ball away. If no, gonna, no, if he you're going to learn off anyone, learn off of Carlos. That kind of position, you yeah. listen to that man because he's the best. He's at Millwall. I don't know. I know he's 37 or whatever, but he's he's too good for us. There's no, there's no, there's no messing about with that. He's a, me- he's a medical wonder, Harry, because, I mean, you're right, he's 37, he's just come back from a broken leg, um, or whatever it was, knee injury at that level anyway. And I thought he looked quality out there today. I know that, you know, he's obviously in a, a poor side generally, but he stood out as my man at a match from the Millwall perspective today. And you think the man's a medical a miracle, isn't he? How's he doing that at that age? And, and you're right, if he was a couple of years younger, he wouldn't be at our club. Yeah, I think so. And I think it helps that he's been, I think he was a striker or a winger previously in his career. Which yeah. helps when he goes forward. I mean, he doesn't get, just the ball looks like it's stuck to his feet, like it's a magnet. It just, it, it, it don't matter. He could have four players around him and he wriggles free. He just does, like, drops his shoulder and goes and that and that's it. The yeah. problem is, is when he gives it to somebody else, they then drop their shoulder, get the ball pinched off them, and then they're on the counter against us normally. True. Uh, Upson, I thought, was anonymous again today. I didn't see anything that I can remember that Upson did apart from walk on the pitch and walk off it um, when he was substituted for <laughs> Lee Gregory. Apart from that, he did nothing for me. Um Forward line was a little bit disappointing today as well. Morrison and O'Brien, I expected more out of them today. Yeah, I, I don't think we really helped them, though. I'll be honest. I mean, you had the chance in the first half. I don't know who missed the header or didn't miss the header. I think it was O'Brien. Um, yeah, yeah. it square. Uh, that was the chance at nil-nil. And you would have put your ass on him to score it after scoring three away from home the other week. But um, he was also put through in on the first half up near me. He's put through on goal and the goalkeeper again kept the minute, made a classic save. And again, oh, yeah, a different different day he would have got that in, and you know, um, ifs and buts, you know. But no, I, I, overall, I just felt the forward line just lacked a bit of spark. But you're right, they don't they don't not get an awful lot of service. Um, Fred was disappointing, and Upson was anonymous. No, overall, I mean, I I don't know what new things we can say about this really, Harry. It's it's the same story over and over. It's like Groundhog Day, down there, isn't it? Yeah, it is. The only good thing is, if, if we were, if we'd won four games at well, three games at home and drawn one, would we would we be as upset? Or there's because there seems to be a random kind of big range of Millwall opinion of either, oh, this is the worst side ever, or it ain't too bad. They're, they're, they're like right to the other side, I oh, will be all right, kind of thing. I, I don't really understand. You know, no. it's a very very early on in the season. I heard someone call Ferraris out. 
It's just not. You sort of turn around and look at me and go, really? (laughs) Then who? Who are we going to bring in? You know, um, no, it's, we're clearly not the best ever Millwall side there's ever been, that's for sure. We're not, we're really not the worst one either. Um, I mean, we're not, the fact we've gone to Crewe and we've gone to Port Vale in the week and won well says that there's, there's something in this side. I, I don't think we're going to challenge for um, high honours, but equally, I don't think we're going to be in the, you know, in in the danger zone. But this this home form is is something I've never known before. Generally, I've never seen anything like it. This, this, someone tweeted, I think, I don't know if you saw it, Harry, but uh, it was um, Wimbledon's worst ever home start. We've never lost all four home games, first four home games of the season. And given some of the crap I've seen in my lifetime, that's quite saying something. You know, it's, it's just like, it's something I, I, I don't actually know what the answer to it is beyond my range of experience. Yeah, that is a great stat. That is four games. I know, incredible, incredible. But there it is. Considering how many bad football players have played in Millwall shirts. Some of the pony that's been down there, mate. Some of the pony I've seen in my time. God, I've available. (laughs) You couldn't do any worse than that today. I mean, we were unlucky. I mean, the the thing is that's striking me is that we're consistently not playing badly in patches. We're consistently being unlucky with chances. But you can't build a lifestyle about always being unlucky. At some point, this is going to, you know, this, this is going to catch up with us. And this home form is going to be, you know, potentially our downfall. If the away form goes off the ball, then we're really up against it. Yeah, it's, it's worrying. It is worrying. But I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to see the positive that you can't be a bad side and go away from home and win. I don't, I don't think... It, it, there's obviously something in the way we set up away from home compared to where we play at home. And yeah. we need to find we need to find a way of if we play two different sides. I mean, all the teams in the Premier League seem to play two different teams, two different formations. But if that don't work for us, that doesn't work for us. We need to find a way of of doing something that works for Millwall. I know hitting forty yard diagonal passes or lumping it out to Tony Craig to cross it into a first man all the time ain't working. No. So uh, perhaps perhaps we need to go into the loan market or maybe bring back Bailey or something. I don't know. He's not got a club from what I know. Maybe even just to teach Thompson how to hit people because <laughs> when he played the other week, I thought I really do think he's our horrible bastard. I just think he's got no one to learn how to be an horrible no, bastard. No, he, he, needs, he needs to be taught the black arts, doesn't he? And, um, yeah. you know, he needs either... Well, Herlock's probably too far gone now, but, you know, Bailey can uh, <laughs> can do that for us, I think. I don't he, know, maybe... maybe, maybe a masterclass with Terry. Someone will let Herlock have his cage. Maybe we'll get Razor Brother as well, but he ain't doing anything. He doesn't seem to be doing too bad over his Twitter account. So. No, no, true enough, mate, true enough. Uh, Harry, speaking to John Kelly of uh, the News at Den, said, we looked a bit leggy today. I don't know what leggy means, but um, the midweek game on Port Vale at Port Vale seems to take the sting out of us, he reckons. Um, blaming poor defending, which is very true, because I, I thought the first goal to concede, which was the, the critical goal, was kind of sloppy. There was a um, ball in from the left hand, uh, right-hand side that was headed in from close range, but kind of bobbled across the penalty area. So that was sloppy. Um, and the second one I thought was actually quite a well-worked goal by Southend, in all fairness to them. They took their chances. We didn't. They, we made mistakes and they didn't seem to. And there's three points gone, Harry. Yeah, I think the difference was the goalkeeper, I think, really. Um, yeah. Another day against a different team. I mean, there was three, three real... Well, and you've reminded me of the uh, one in the first half where O'Brien, O'Brien went through. There was another one where he decided he sort of let it come down and didn't shoot when he could have. But the the four saves he's made, the, the, the second one in the second half... I think it either come off, I couldn't see who hit it, but it literally was on the post. It couldn't be any more on the post without sort of hitting the post. And he got down and instead of just palming it back out, like you see a lot of keepers do at this level, he pushed it clear out for a corner. Yeah. And, he, and that's that's the difference. You know, if it bubbles out, you push it back out and someone taps it in, his 2-1, 20 minutes to go, the Dem rocking, you know, we would have yeah. been... And and that's the difference. You might have we might be coming away now if that had gone in. You know, we won three two because they would have capitulated or whatever. But with a happy show. I was just looking at the stats on the BBC site as you're saying that, Harry. Um, 13, 13 shots, mill shots on target. Four South End shots on target. Um, sorry, thirteen shots, six on target for Mill. Two shots on target for South End. And they've scored twice, and uh, we've scored zero. So um, there's got to be a lesson in there somewhere for for the for the team on Monday morning when they get back to Calmont Road. There we are. That's depressed me no end. Thanks for calling, Harry. That's no worries. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we'll 
coming back here next week after you <laughs> the mighty Rochdale. <laughs> we'll be having the same conversation, mate. It's good to talk to you again. Thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. No All the best, mate. Take care. And you. Bye. listening to Octoon Millwall, the CBL Magazine podcast. That's the Millwall News this week, and we are out of here. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.